But when you're in the heat of the moment, it's it's not as easy to turn on and off like a switch. But I can tell you that that happened to me. And until I submitted to that thing and in, chose to improve me, we didn't we didn't go anywhere. No marriage is perfect, but you can make it better. Join us for the WOW Marriage Conference at Abundant Life Church this February and discover how you can turn embers into lasting flames. Don't let the fire go out, but instead invite God in to reignite your passions and desires for one another to create a marriage that stands the test of time. Register online at alcky.com slash marriage conference. You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Marketplace Ministry. My name is Jason Smith, and on today's show, I have with me Chris and Lisa Wood. They are, along with Chris and Maria Walker, the hosts of the Wow Marriage Podcast. And we heard from Chris and Maria last time, and with just about a week away until the Wow Marriage Conference, we decided to have Chris and Lisa on. Chris and Lisa, welcome to Marketplace Ministry. Thank you very much, Jason. We're so excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to have you here. So last time I talked with Chris and Maria, and my biggest takeaway from them was that in marriage in particular, the best way to fix your marriage is to work on yourself. And so my question to you to start us off today is, what are you two seeing as the biggest problem in marriages today? So I think one of the biggest things that I've seen in marriages today is just an imbalance in the home, just an almost competition in the home, if you will, of not authority, but position maybe. And and I hate to say, you know, that, that God created men to be men and women to be women. And sometimes when those roles get all mixed up and messed up, it's, it's hard to have a successful home because you're out of order. Hmm. Well, I think it's natural to expect that kind of stuff because of the fact that probably for the last 50 or 60 years, we've been introduced more and more and more every year to what broken homes are. And those are the ramifications of a broken home is constantly children being raised by one or the other parent. At least one of them is usually absent. And then what does that cause? That causes the mother or the father to try to fulfill both roles. So they go into their relationship already having established, Hey, I'm the, 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 the male part and the female part. Mm. And when I hear you say that, it reminds me of when I was, I was growing up. I, my parents got divorced when I was 16 years old because my mom decided that she wanted to go pursue a lesbian relationship. And that was a very awkward time for me, but I wasn't a Christian then. So, you know, that kind of thing was accepted in the world. But it left my dad, he, and he wasn't even home. You know, like you're, you're saying that sometimes the, the roles aren't there. He was working all the time because he needed to take care of me and my three siblings. And it was a big workload for him to do that all by himself. So I hear what you're saying that, that we have to get these roles right. Yeah. And in today's society, it's even worse than it was 20 years ago. Well, if you think about it, think about 20 years ago, was there an example in the home of both husband and wife? representing to the children in the home, this is what a functioning house looks like. 
this is what a healthy marriage looks like. This is what mom and dad, you know, do and rearing and raising and training their children. And as there was such a breakdown, and even for myself, my parents were um, married all the way up until my father passed away, but my father was in the military. Mm. And so he was gone all the time. And, you know, their, their marriage for a season was very um, rocky. And so I never really had a good example of what a healthy home looked like. And I think that has become so rare. And so now what we have is another generation that's repeating that pattern. And yeah. it's just continuing. And so at a certain point, somebody has to stand up and say, enough. Not my house, not my home, not my family, not my marriage. Amen. And make a difference. What does a healthy home look like? That's a, that's a really hard question. And that's a very broad question. <laughs> and it's all in perspective. You know, a healthy home is one that functions with joy and peace and love, where there's not strife and there's not anger, you know, abounding in every facet of the home. But at the same time, you know, Lisa's perspective and my perspective are probably very similar. Obviously, we're married. Me, me and you, Jason, we're of like faith. So our, our definition of what a, a healthy home looks like, but that doesn't mean that you have to be a born-again believer or a believer in God to have a healthy home. Now, I do think if you're going to have success on, on all levels, I, I, would, I would definitely recommend to get God on the scene. But at the end of the day, what we're pushing and what's being pushed, if it wasn't enough to have, again, it, it's not just the, the broken families from uh, divorce and separation situations like you, but think about how much more we've driven, you know, ladies to feel like they have to be career women and they have to be, you know, bringing in a big fat paycheck. And, and now we've gotten to the point where we have, have lived and existed so long with, with dual incomes that we can't afford to go back to one income. So we both have to work. And now neither parents really doing both roles. We're kind of, you know, halfway in, you know, both sides of the coin. So there's a multitude of things that cause those issues. But at the end of the day, I, I, I think you, I think you're exactly right. In order to have a stable and peaceful home, I like getting God on the scene, yeah. but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be, it's a choice. Yeah. And choice is, is the key, right? And everything choice is the key. I have to choose to want my home to be happy and joyous. I have to choose to want to have the perspective, like with my kids. For me, I, you know, I, I grew up very stubborn. <laughs> I was very stubborn. I was very opinionated. I had a lot of things to say about a lot of different, you know, things. So, but I, with my children, I had to recognize that that was not conducive of a healthy home for me to just constantly have to be right all the time. I don't need to be right. I choose my battles very, very carefully, but I want to represent to my kids what a functioning home looks like and what a wife looks like and what I want for them for their future. And so now it's no longer, it's, I'm redefining my home. I've made a decision to redefine my home, but I've also made a decision that, that I'm going to represent to my kids what their future should look like. And I think, you know, Chris has taken that position as well. He's teaching them how to be men of God and how to be husbands, of, you know, based on God's word and God's principles and God's foundation. And I think as we 
continue to represent to our kids and set that example, we're going to create a new dynamic, at least in our family. And so our hope is that other people can, can hear that and see that and get excited about that and make some conscious decisions in their homes and in their families and in their marriages that we don't have to fight about everything. We don't have to agree about everything. We, we have a wow marriage. I'd be lying if I said we agree 100% of the time. It's just not reasonable or realistic. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. What I'm hearing you say is that a happy marriage is a choice. And you have to choose joy to have that. But I'm also hearing you say that, without you saying this, that marriage isn't really about you so much as it is about setting a legacy for your children to follow into. Oh, 100%. I, and I think anybody who goes into marriage thinking marriage is about them is fooling themselves, and they're setting themselves up for failure. I can't, I can't walk in my marriage based on what I want and what I need. My position, my job and responsibility in my marriage is to take care of my husband and take care of my children and be the best woman of God and wife and mother that I can be. If I'm only looking at what it does for me and what I can gain from it, I'm going to fail. And I wonder sometimes, we see you know relationships all the time start out, and you wonder what is the driving force behind the relationship. We see a couple you know, get together and they maybe seek us out or maybe they don't. Maybe I'm just, you know, looking at a, a couple from afar and they're together, they're in a relationship, but what's their end goal? What's, what's, what's their, their, their goal? Are they in that relationship to make themselves happy? Does the other person make them feel happy? What do they have set, you know, long-term? Are they going to have children together? But more often than not, you asked, you know, what are some of the biggest problems? There's a lot of conversations that should be had prior to marriage that a lot of people overlook because they're all googly-eyed at the other person. And they're just, you know, happy to, to, to be in a relationship already. And they haven't really hammered out what are some of the more important questions, especially when you're talking about longevity. Mm -hmm. You know, you just talked about it. Are both parents going to work? Are you going to work and I'm going to stay home? You know, can is can is the wife... Are you a good a good financial manager? Can can you manage this home on this budget and and still have peace that you know you're not working like a slave to to you know make ends meet? So Chris, you just mentioned googly-eyed and I think we all have experienced that because when we come to see the opposite sex, we become enamored and we think, "Oh, you know, and we don't think about the longevity like you were saying. And a lot of times I've heard people say this and it's so true even even in relationships but I see it in my kids now as well. People will say Owen is the cutest little thing. I'm like, "Don't you dare tell him he's cute." Don't tell him he's cute. <laughs> because yeah, what he's doing might seem cute to you right now, but I can tell you he's been doing that a long time and it's not cute anymore. And the same thing happens when you're courting or you're dating. Yeah. You you see all of these little things that you think are cute, but as soon as you say I do, all of those things that you thought were cute, they start to irritate the living daylights out of you. What we talk about with our podcast, the whoa, this is awesome phase is all those butterflies and all those goosebumps. And then the what was I thinking? Because those butterflies and goosebumps go away, but that person is still there. And there's so many other things that are going on. 
how do we in marriage move from that whoa this is awesome phase that that infatuation phase how do we move from that into what you guys call the wow marriage today i think it's all about situational awareness and recognition if 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 you know where you're at and you can and and you can identify that it's easy to move from one phase to the other i'm not saying easy as in it easy easily happens but it's easy to address so when Lisa and I first got together, it was. It was all rainbows and butterflies, and everything was exciting, and, and, and it, it was just awesomeness all the time. And then all of a sudden, work came. Situations happened. You know, we, we are together. We're living in a home, and things start breaking, and, you know, situations, you know, come up, and, you know, jealousy sets in, and ministry sets in, and all of a sudden, you're like, okay, you're frustrating me, and it seems like every time you turn around, something else just comes to bite you. However, if you recognize what that is for what it is, that it's not necessarily the person across from you that's irritating you, but it's a situation that you now, again, look at as an opportunity of something that we can do together to overcome something. I would say there's so much more fulfillment when we've done it together. See, Lisa and I have beat multiple demons. We beat financial demons. We beat the, 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 the empty womb, infertility demons. I mean, we have overcome a multitude of things, but we've done it together. And it was because we did it together and not chose to try to battle by ourselves that it, it made us stronger. It helped us build a stronger relationship. Again, we didn't have the greatest foundation. But it was through the tests and trials and recognizing, I have no idea how to explain this feeling, but when it happens, it happens. When you're in a relationship and that other person, you know, you always hear in counseling like, okay, somebody has to be the bigger person. There's an opportunity. If Lisa were to yell at me right now, there's an opportunity. I can either get mad and fire back or I can take a second and say to myself, why did she do that? And if I can take that split second and say, why did she do that? I can understand where she's coming from. That doesn't make her action right, but I can have some sympathy for it and I can address it later on and say, hey, you were kind of harsh, you know, when you addressed me earlier and it bothered me. And I guarantee she's going to say, you know what? I realize that now and we're going to move on. But when you're in the heat of the moment, it's it's not as easy to turn on and off like a switch. But I can tell you that that happened to me. And until I submitted to that thing and in, chose to improve me, we didn't we didn't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a brief message from our sponsor. Hi, Jason Smith here. I want to take a moment to tell you about the new Marketplace Ministry Coaching Program. I know what it's like to feel stuck in your business. That's why we want to come alongside you to help diagnose the problems in your business, as well as to help you discover your next steps in making it grow. There is no sense in going it alone in business. God made us for community. So let's get together and talk about your business. You'll get direct access to me or my business partner, Justin Jeffcoat, when you sign up. We'll sit down with you once a month for an hour to help you overcome whatever obstacle is in your way of success. You could easily pay $150 to $500 a month for a one-hour coaching call. We're only charging you $50 per month. Space is limited as we only accept 10 people into our program at a time. 
Sign up today at marketplaceministrypodcast.com slash coaching. I had to do some self-reflection. I had to look at me and I had to say, okay, my stubbornness, my opinionatedness, my, that's not really a word, but we're going to use it. You know, all these things that I have control over my actions and reactions and nobody else's. And so at the end of the day, I can only change what I bring into the equation. And so it, it had to become conscious choices, not expecting perfection. We have a wow marriage, but that doesn't mean our marriage is perfect. And we still have to work at our marriage every day. But we do it from a different approach. We do it with more grace. We do it with more choice of love. We do it, you know, outward focused and not inward selfish. And, and all those things, as, as you begin to learn to, to think that way, you retrain your brain. And as you learn to think that way, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Yeah. And, you know, one of our episodes, we talked about reasonable and realistic expectations. You have to have reasonable and realistic expectations on yourself, too. And mm. so I don't expect me to be perfect, but I do expect me to be getting better day to day. And I don't, you know, and God and I have these conversations all the time where he tells me that's none of your business. And I found myself in the beginning, early on, praying, God, you know, why is this man do this? Why can you not fix this in this man? Can you not? And God told me that's none of your business. And I had to realize that's God's business. I have to give God permission in me and as I give God permission in me to do a work in me and change me, then my side of the equation starts to get better and stronger. And I know Chris has made that same revelation. God do a work in me. And, and as he gave God permission and access, it brought us to that level of where we can say we have the wild marriage. It's interesting how that that works. You know, when we when we choose to take offense, when somebody, like Chris was saying, if you were to yell at him, he could have had the opportunity to get choice. offended. He's got a choice. When we choose to take offense, we make the situation all about ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's not about us. It's about how do we serve the other person. And so when we work on us to improve our marriage, that's about us. Mm-hmm. And so we need to work on ourselves, and then everything else gets better. It's not perfect. Right. Nobody's going to be perfect. Well, but it says perfection comes when Jesus comes. That's right. So, so, yeah. So it's constant work, but it's so worth it. It is because, again, you talk about worth it. Everybody sees what you want them to see. Everybody sees in our marriage what we choose to show them. I think that's one of the most exciting things about the conference that's upcoming is that I think that there are people that maybe haven't noticed or haven't had the opportunity to notice, but I believe wholeheartedly that there's going to be, not just for Abundant Life Church, but for the people that attend, I believe it's going to be a life-changing experience because there's an excitement between me and Lisa's relationship that you can't really see, you know, through the, through the microphone or through the speaker, but it's live and it's real. Like, I can't fake this. Like, when I get off work, and I'm getting ready to go home. I still get the butterflies like I'm about to go see my mom, my woman. I can't wait to get there. You know, I can't. You don't make this up. And after, you know, 20 plus years of being together, 
most people have gotten into a, a place where they're like, oh, her again. What would you say to somebody who's in that place? Maybe they have been married for three years, seven years, maybe 18, 20 years. What would you say to somebody who is in that place where they're complacent about their relationship? I think the easiest thing, and, and, and I know this to be 100% true, is there was a way you got her or a way she got him. And it was, there were things that you did. It was flirting. And this may all sound, you know, very elementary, but it is, you got to get back to the basics. And, and that, that phase, that chasing phase, again, I asked Lisa, like, if you could be a fly on the wall in our home, these are some of the conversations we have. And some of the things that I say to my wife and I say, what are you going to do when, you know, I'm 70 years old and I'm still chasing you around this house? I'm like, are you ever going to get, are you you ever going to get tired of it? But these are the conversations we have because, you know, you said, you know, complacency, I still make Lisa laugh on a regular basis. All my goofiness, all my joking around, all my wildness, she still thinks that's funny. Now, I don't know if it's really because I'm that funny. Because if I was really that funny, I'd be a comedian. They'd probably be paying me, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to perform. That's not the case. But it, but we have something there. And we we have not forgot about the little things, the, the, the little quirky gifts cards and 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 little love notes and all we do all this stuff this is how we keep our marriage like completely you know fresh it's intentional pursuit Ooh, i love that yeah it's intentional pursuit it, it, that's what it boils down to he's never stopped pursuing me there, there you ain't kidding well, well transparency there was a season where he stopped pursuing me uh, and i stopped pursuing him that was when we got into the what was i thinking phase right right how do you get out of that? How do you get away from that? You go back to that intentional pursuit. And it has to be creative. It has to be fun. It has to be, there has to be a lightness in your marriage where you can enjoy each other. You have to you have to pursue that. Absolutely. And that makes me want to ask you about your conference. Uh, what's the theme of the conference this year? So our theme, I'm so excited. I love it. It's from embers to lasting flames. And that sounds like what we've just been talking mm-hmm. about. It's those those embers. So this is, embers are like when the fire starts to go out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So talk about that. What made you choose this as your theme? As you know, we co-host with the Walkers. And we came together, the four of us, and really talked about, you know, what God had put on our hearts. And it's so cool how God works. And we, you know, went around the room to each of us, and it was God put on Maria's heart, you know, the, the reigniting the flame. And on Chris uh, Walker, for him, it was marriages that last. And for Chris, it was getting back to the basics. And for me, it was taking it to the next level. And God really just dropped that in our spirit that he gave each of us something different. But how do you tie that together? And how do you how do you make that have a lasting impact on marriages? What's really the point? And the point is to, to get that fire burning. Mm-hmm. And it's to get back to the basics to make that happen. And then to take your marriage to the next level so that you have a marriage that lasts. Amen. And, and it just all, you know, God is so, he's so good. He, he really did, you know, 
with the four of us give us that vision. And we're so excited to be able to, to share what God's placed in our hearts. And you can, as we talked about it, you could see the progression of how, what he spoke to Maria and what he spoke to Chris and then what, you know, it, that it just takes them from one level to the next. And it's, if they allow it to be, if they receive the word that God has for them and they put it to work in their marriages, it will have a lasting impact. I can tell as you're talking about yeah. it that the power of God that he's put on it. It's like the embers being the last thing before the fire goes out. But God wants to take his spirit yeah. and breathe. Bl- and he blows on yeah. those embers and reignites them into this burning flame. Yeah. That's that amazing. Mm. Yeah. That is so good. So it's going to take God in the center of your marriage yeah. to keep it going. And so this conference is coming up next weekend. That's the 18th and 19th at Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky. With just a week away, what do people need to do to sign up to come? So the easiest way to register, um, there's a couple of different ways you can go check out our Facebook page. Um, the link is on the Facebook page. And uh, The other thing that you can do is go to our church website, which is alcky.com. And there is an icon for the WOW Marriage Conference. Click on that and you can register pay. Excellent. And I'll make sure that we put that in our show notes for today so that it makes it easy for whoever's listening. Oh, awesome. Just just click on that link and they can get over there and register. So that's really exciting, guys. Thank you for coming on the show today. Is there anything else that you want to say before we end the show today? If you haven't, check out our podcast, The WOW Marriage. And check out our website, thewowmarriage.com. We have a lot of great episodes some little nuggets that you will hear at the conference, but a lot of things you won't that you're only going to hear there. So just check us out. And thank you for listening to us. We appreciate giving us your time and attention. And we've enjoyed our time here today. Amen. And I like to always close out our show in prayer. And since we're talking about marriages today, I would like to ask if you'd like to take the honor and pray us out. Sure, that would be awesome. All right, take it away. Well, Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you first and foremost for your word. Father God, for your for your patience with us, for your forgiveness. Father God, as we try and we attempt to to navigate this life, Lord, we thank you that you are taking our relationships from one step to the next, from one level to the next, Father God, every day through your word and your through your teaching. So Lord, we give you all honor, all glory, and we shows nothing but total submission to exactly what your will is for our lives. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to Marketplace Ministry today. And until next week, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.